So this is my friend Travis Evans. Uh, Travis is one of the pastors here at uh, One Harbor uh, with us, and um, and Travis and I and others um, uh, carry a lot of the weight for our ministry to uh, folks with alcohol and drug addiction. Um, and so we want to talk a little bit about that just uh, for a few minutes. And this one to be a little bit different, to be a bit of a tag team back and forth. But um, I want to echo some of the things that you've already heard uh, regarding these elements of exile that I think are really just necessary for us to think about. Um, and that's that with every one of these, uh, there are things to repent of. Um, and I think that's just really good to remember. You know, um, when we first started uh, getting involved in this, um, someone, I heard someone say, just remark about how different the church's current approach to addiction was compared to how it was in the 80s. And uh, it's really hard to find any other rationale for why our, our, our uh, modus operandi was different, you know, except for, um, you know, essentially uh, the face of addiction in the 80s were black people who were on crack. And uh, the church's stance um, back then seemed to be lock everybody up and get our streets clean. And now our stance is let's get all these kids help. Um, and so, I, I, you know, we can't explain all that in, in this moment. But I just I think it's worth saying every every time we touch on one of these elements, there are things that as as Christians, we should be we should be ashamed of and we should be repentant of. And, and, and so none of these things are simple and none of these things are new. And you can say, you know, like Brian said last night, well, that's not my church and we didn't do that. Yeah, but we're connected to that and, and that's the reality. And so um, there's that. I think there's also just um, as, as both the Brian's have done just so well as explained, just the, just the layers of nuance. Um, and I think just to push against any kind of oversimplification um, one of the, you know, for example, uh, when it comes to addiction, you know, we often see um, a bit of a debate going back and forth on whether or not addiction is a disease or whether it's a sin. Um, it's a sin issue. You just need to pray, repent, and turn around and move on, you know. Uh, trust Jesus. Or is it a disease? And, um, I mean, I just, I would just advise us against that kind of polarization. Uh, the reality is, does Jesus heal disease? Yes. Does Jesus forgive sin? Yes. Cool. So Jesus is the answer for both of these things. Um, and I think, you know, uh, like, like uh, Brian was saying last night, you know, when you, when you have an addict who is with all sincerity, do it, like pursuing um, change and, and wants to be set free, I think to like, to, you know, sometimes to fight those battles on the front end, it just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. So anyhow, um, Travis and I do a lot of this together and I thought it'd just be helpful to just take a few minutes to talk about um, why this is a big deal and what are some of the things that if you're not doing something uh, to help folks struggling with um, alcohol or drug addiction in your area, um, you know, maybe some tips in that direction. This is a major arm of One Harbor Church. We, um, we, we do a lot of this and we've made a lot of mistakes. And so uh, we're not going to be able to say everything, but, but hopefully we can um, help a little bit. And then um, just to extend to you the opportunity, anything that we've done, you know, we, we would love to help you with. You can have anything we've, we've, we've built. You can steal anything. You can learn from all our mistakes. And so if this ends up being something you come out of this going, gosh, I really feel like our church should be doing this, feel free to just wear us out. Um, we'll, we'll help you any way we can. So, Travis, why, why is this such a big deal? Uh, yeah, I mean, for us, um, I think Donnie and I, neither one, we're experts on 
how to deal with a, a addiction ec epidemic in our in our community. Uh, I had a background as director of the Dream Center in Charleston. We dealt with a lot of this. He had a close family member that had been a heroin addict most of his life. And just more and more people were, were coming into the church, and eventually something ha had to be done. There had to be a light turned on in the dark. And so for us, it was really... Um, yeah, we didn't set out to do it. We just finally said, hey, man, listen, we're in an alligator pit, and there's a bunch of these that are close to the boat. Uh, someone has to eventually jump in. And so for us, that's how it started. Um, it was really just saying, okay, enough's enough. There, there's no Calvary coming. We are the Calvary. If not us, then who? If not now, then, then when? And if not here, then, then where? You know. And so for us in a small community like this, uh, we had a lot of things going for us, uh, but we had a lot of stuff coming against us. And so, yeah, we, did, we just jumped in. Yeah. And I think, too, it's bigger than our area. I mean, the reality is that, in, in, at least in America, and I would assume this is true in Canada as well for my Canadian friends, um, you're more likely to die of an opiate overdose in America than you are a car accident. Um, so th this is not just a it – is, it is especially true in little rural communities. We are um, – when I was writing that book I did on small towns, I came across a statistic that said that eighth graders were 80% more likely to be heroin addicts in eighth grade – you know, in rural communities than they were in, in urban centers. And so there just seems to be a higher concentration of, of this kind of, of, of um, yeah, just hopelessness and, and despair in, in smaller communities, but it's true everywhere. Um, and, um, and what we found, too, is that it's all walks of life. It's all kinds of people. Um, and so I think it, it's a major aspect because, you know, you can't just, I, I, someone said to us one time at a prayer meeting at One Harbor, you know, so uh, what, what neighborhood is it where this is all happening? Let's all go and serve that neighborhood. And my answer was your neighborhood. Um, you know, th that's the irony. We had, a, we had a neighborhood in Moorhead lawyer up um, because we tried to buy a home in their neighborhood to use as a place to, um, yeah, for a place for people coming out of a long-term rehab to get them better. And the neighborhood's, you know, whole, you know, philosophy on why they, they didn't want it there was, you know, no one in our neighborhood does that. And we had a undercover uh, narcotics detective in our church say, uh, we buy lots of heroin out of that neighborhood. So it's just everyone doesn't think it's their, doesn't think it's them, doesn't think it's their neighborhood, but it's everywhere. And so it really is just a, it's a massive, it's a massive issue. Um, and it's one that I think, um, you know, it, 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 like we can't afford to not, to not be there, you know, and, and not be involved in. And um, yeah, so uh, Travis kind of help with like some some just steps for, you know, if people want to get involved, you know, what would you recommend? Yeah, just as Donnie said, it's, it's, it's impossible to try to go through everything that we've learned in just a short time. But just a few thoughts, just thinking um, before being with you today is one, just to kind of, um, yeah, continue of what Brian was just saying. You, you got to incorporate it into the language. And uh, you have to understand that it's got to be something that is, is preached about, announced about. Uh, this has to be something you, you get the biggest trumpet you can find and you blow it as hard as you can in your community. That There is help. There is hope. And, uh, and that's at least for us, that's, that's what we, we started to do. Um, we started preaching about it. There was a season where every week, uh, at least from this stage, we would, we would let people know, hey, if you're, if you're in addiction, uh, if you're, if you're you know, struggling with any type of chemical dependency at all, uh, we want to help you. And, and we, want, we know people that, um, you know, that, can, that can bring hope in this area of your life. And so at least for us, there had to be a, uh, yeah, just a, a big gun um, blasted in the area. Uh, and just let everybody know, listen, there, there is another way. And so that was a good first step. And I think the second thing, and this is kind of probably the biggest thing that I can say, 
is uh, really if your church, if you're, you know, I know I'm speaking to a bunch of pastors, if this is an area that you really want to turn and, uh, and face against and it's a devil that you really uh, want to push back in your community, you need to go into it with your eyes open. Um, this isn't going to be something that's going to be easy. It's a big hornet's nest and you're going to poke it. And, uh, and for us, as Donnie said, we made a lot of mistakes um, realizing he uses, uh, Donnie uses the example of the seven sons of Skiba a lot. We, we ran in and ran out with our pants around our ankles a few times in a few situations, uh, you know, going in in our, in our own strength, saying we got this, we know what to say. We, we, we've, we've encountered this situation before and we realized, man, this is, this is much bigger. And, uh, and so going into it with your eyes open, knowing, man, this is going to be messy, this is going to be clumsy, but God has, God has grace for this, and if he's called us for this, he's going to equip us for this. And, uh, and so, yeah, we, for us, we, uh, we just started, we started making large, practical on-ramps for people to come and get help. And uh, we made that very known over and over again. And, uh, and, and also, just as, as Corey was saying before, we, we just didn't sit in here and pray. Uh, we try to put foot to faith and start to go out to the community and help people. And I think along the way, you, you realize that s- some people you have to take off your shoes and kind of tippy-toe around their heart because they've been through a lot. And they need to be very gently uh, shown, man, there's another way. You need to love them. Um, yeah, just with the gentle spirit. There, there's some people that need their front door kicked down with the biggest bullhorn you can find to yell at a man, you're killing yourself, there's another way. And, uh, and for us, we, we've just kind of learned along the way that there's some people in this community that we're going to love a little bit and a little bit more, and eventually one day they're going to they're gonna see that they're hurting themselves. And, man, there's some people in this community, we've really went after them. Um, we've, we've heard story after story of people that were incarcerated because of drugs, uh, they, they get clean in jail. They're thinking clearly kind of for the first time. And uh, the drug dealers are waiting for them in their front uh, yard and their driveway. Had already known when they're going to get out of jail, waiting for them to give them their fix for their first high. And uh, you need to realize, man, that this, this, uh, this um, yeah, it's serious. And so until you're ready to really look at it for what it is, I would say don't turn and try to do it because, uh, yeah, it's tough. And so, yeah, that's, that's a few things. Um, yeah. I think, um, I think one of the things that we've done un, in an unhelpful way as churches in America is we, uh, we want to reinvent the wheel all the time. Yeah. We want to make our own version of, every, of everything. Like we have to have our, you know, it's just stupid. Um, it's a waste of time and money, and, um, and it's just uncharitable. Um, the reality is that there are lots of organizations, even in our little town uh, here, that are doing a great work. Um, and so uh, we want to get behind as many of those things as possible um, and so, I mean, there are people in this room who have found great help through um, Alcoholics Anonymous, and, and then there are people who needed something different than that, and then there are people who found great hope through, you know, uh, local, um, you know, ministries that were already working, so we're going to get behind those, but then there are other people who needed something different, and there are people who need to get out of town, and there you, you, you know, we, we want to, um, I would encourage you to find what is working in your community and try to get behind it. Um, don't reinvent your own version of that. Um, you, you know, we don't need a one harbor food pantry and we serve, you know, slightly better food than the other. I mean, that's just stupid. Um, you know, we want to get behind what we can and then we want to trust God to help us um, see what it is that, that still needs to be, you know. Um, I would encourage you to, to get educated. Um, you know, a lot of folks don't really understand the, the you know, the, yeah, just don't understand what people are taking and, and, and why it's so incredibly dangerous. Um, I had a, a really just smart guy in our community say to me last year, he's like, man, I, I, I took a couple bong hits in college. What's the big deal? Um, and, and he just doesn't understand that that's different than a kid in seventh grade crushing up a bunch of Xanax. Um, 
it's just a different, it's just a different, different world. Um, and so, um, yeah, get educated, um, find out what's working. Um, and, and like Travis said, try to, try to cultivate stories of hope um, because your community, like our community, is going to be full of stories of hopelessness. Um, that's the stuff that makes the news. Um, you know, we've got this little magazine that they sell at gas stations around here called Busted Magazine. And um, when you go to the gas station, it's like laying right there on the counter, and it's like everyone's, you know, jacked up mugshot. I, I usually look at it just to see which people from our church made the cover. Um, <laughs> from time to time, there they are. Um, but, uh, you know, that's the stories that everyone hears is, you know, those stories. And actually, you know, in the, and we've done funerals uh, for, for, you know, kids who overdosed um, on heroin and, and had all their friends just tore to pieces about it and just saying, but there's no hope for me. You know, they just don't have any stories of hope. And so, um, man, and with wisdom and patience and all the rest, I would encourage you to, to trust God for stories of hope. That has been a real asset for us as you're not going to help everybody, but, you know, by the grace of God, you do find yourself helping some people. And, man, when those people are willing to talk about their story, it just elevates the, the tide of hope, and, and it creates a different narrative um, in the community that is missing uh, right now. That, that's a missing narrative. Uh, the, 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 the stories of people getting out just aren't there. Um, it's the, it's the every, I mean, I, I sometimes go to, you know, I've been up to three overdoses in a day and, uh, and I mean, the amount of times that people just say, there's just, there's just no way out, you know, um, they feel like they're just being led off to the slaughter. And so I think for us to, to, to trust God for stories of hope that can help to change the narrative, um, is really key as well. And so, um, yeah, there's, there's just tons of stuff we could say. Any kind of last minute thing you want to add? I just think too, just to really commit to walk with people for the long term. We love these little tidy stories of grace where they came and then they heard and then it looks good and it's video worthy, you know, but um, man, that's just not the case. Uh, I can't think of the last person that we've worked with that that's the case. People, they relapse, they hit their head against the wall over and over and over again as, as a dog returns to the vomit as, as kind of gross as that verse is. It's very true. And uh, man, we've just learned that people, they need a lot of grace, just like we do. What's common to any of us that's not common to all of us, the Bible says. And so, yeah, we've just learned that, man, getting sober is the first step. Learning to live sober is really the lasting step that we're really trying to instill. We say, say this saying a lot, that addiction really is not really a, a bullet, it's a bomb. And so for every person that we're dealing with, there's usually a, a five or ten person halo around them of hurting people that's been abused, that's been lied to. And so it's committing not just to walk with the addict, but the family of the addict, the spouse of the addict, the, the neglected kids of the addict, the, the boss of the addict that loves them, that wants to help them. And, uh, and yeah, and just understanding, man, this is a long-term thing, so. Yeah, and then I'll just give you a couple more. Just think about the family members. Um, Travis alluded to that, but I mean, we've got families in our church whose, whose kids died of drug overdoses, and that's a whole other layer of ministry um, to come alongside those families, to love them, to care for them. One of the very first things we did when it came to like helping with addiction was just to offer our, our, our resources, our facility uh, to local funeral homes and say, hey, if you get a, if you get a, a tough funeral like this, these aren't the ones people are putting their hands up for. A lot of times the families don't even have a church they know to go to. They don't have any money. They, they're just absolutely devastated. We, we want it. Um, we, you can give it to us. We'll, we'll take it. Like, we can do it here. We've got a team of, like, ladies who make the place feel special. Um, we'll, we'll, like, we'll, 
we'll roll out the red carpet to try to, to come around a family like that. And so um, there's just so many possibilities and so many ways that all kinds of people in your church can get involved. Um, but man, I think what we're trying to say is this is a big deal and, and you got to do something, but don't be naive about it. And um, yeah, so take, uh, take a few minutes at your table and talk about this and, and pray about this. And uh, then we'll move on to something else.